0: Welcome to Please Bet On Football Games. Hello and welcome to week eight of the Please Bet On Football Games podcast. I'm your host, Alex, with the on-air talent, Joe. Joe, how's it going?
1: We can't fucking catch a break. (laughs) We're so close to uh, to being above five hundred on winning weeks this year, and yet, so far.
0: This was not, it wasn't, you know, two steps back, but it was definitely one step back. We went two and three, well, I guess two and three and a half on the week. You want to talk about those games?
1: Let's start with Thursday.
0: I feel like we we just know we shouldn't bet on Thursday games. We shouldn't. Uh, We really shouldn't have bet on this one with all the injuries, but we had New Orleans money line over Arizona. That did not happen. Do you know why it didn't happen? Andy Dalton really thought he was on the Cardinals.
1: I think Andy Dalton did Andy Dalton throw for more touchdowns than Kyler Murray two Cardinals.
0: Uh I he may have.
1: The fun thing is that so Andy Dalton threw three picks, two were pick sixes on back-to-back motherfucking plays, getting the swears out real quick, earning that explicit rating. The issue is that even his non-pick six was effectively worth a pick six because he threw it on what first and goal in the end zone inexplicably. It was something
0: like that. I mean I don't I don't know what down it was, but he they were early. they were damn near the end zone.
1: It was early in the down and they were goal to go. And I know because I was watching on the plane so my wi-fi was terrible i saw the saints get the ball down to the the green zone that you know 10 yards and in and uh my my stream cut out i refreshed it and the cardinals had the ball and i was like what the fuck so th- this is this is bullshit anytime you lose by six points despite losing 21 points on interceptions you got fucked
0: yeah it I always wrestle with this a little bit because we bet on Andy Dalton, who he does this from time to time. Okay, so that's a little bit on us. I would I would let, I would let you get back back away with to that. Back-to-back pick sixes.
1: I, I was gonna say I would let you get away with it, but one of those back-to-back pick sixes was a four-yard in route, a dragging in route that hit the receiver in the hands. He was not covered. He set it like a fucking volleyball. If if it was like, oh, Andy Dalton missed his throw, pick six, maybe. Probably not, but maybe I could be like, okay, we earned that. But when he hits the guy in the hands wide the fuck open, sir, that was bullshit.
0: Yeah, I. you're right. Okay, so that was bullshit, but still tough loss to start the week. Yeah. You got to stop betting on Thursdays.
1: Got to stop betting on Thursdays.
0: Moving to some Sunday games that that one o'clock hour was not good for us either. We had a co-best bet and our bonus bet on Atlanta. Best bet being plus six. The bonus being money line. Didn't really matter. Neither were close. Uh, Cincinnati beat the shit out of them.
1: Yeah, this is no bullshit. Like on one hand, AJ Terrell going down in the first quarter really hurt because Joe Burrow literally could throw anything in the direction of his receivers and they would not only catch it, but like cr- create exponential yards after the catch. But we knew that their secondary was banged up. And frankly, I think that the Falcons still had a shot in this game if it wasn't for the fact that Arthur Smith refused to let Mariota throw the ball even when they were down 20 points. That's on us. We bet on an overrated coach, and that happens. We, we fucked up. That's a bad bet. Bad handicap. We deserve that loss. All two and a half units.
0: Yes, we did. I think I agree 100%. We deserve that one. We knew that the weakness of the Falcons is their defense is, as a whole, but that secondary is really thin as well, and they can't develop a pass rush, so- and we talked about do you think like they're gonna be able to keep up with the receivers? And we thought they would be able to. We were just very wrong on that. I think that that was kind of the key of it. I mean, Jamar Chase had did he have another two touchdown game and a hundred and some yards? Yeah, he went crazy.
1: He he did the thing where he catches a nine-yard curl and he turns it into a sixty-yard touchdown again. And granted, that was against a fifth string corner literally a fifth string corner but that's what happens when you bet on a team knowing that their cornerback two is hurt knowing that their cornerback one is banged up and maybe hurt we fucked up that's what
0: happened i agree all right let's move on the last loss of the week we had jacksonville minus three over the giants that one did not hit but that was a that was a close game another uh cardiac giants instance
1: yeah i want to say it's bullshit but at some point the, the giants have been the beneficiaries of bullshit six fucking times this year. The pagan inside me wants to say that they must be magic. The person with a brain that was born in the 21st century wants me to... S- no, I was born in the 20th century.
0: I was about to say, how uh, have you been lying to me?
1: The intelligent, educated human being inside of me wants to say that the Giants are the biggest fucking frauds and just because they continue to pile bullshit upon bullshit does not make their bullshit solid. It makes it really smelly. Um, We will go with this is mild bullshit because we bet on a team that has positive bullshit traits in the Giants uh, we bet on a team with negative bullshit traits in the Jaguars against a positive bullshit team in the Giants and when you have a stinky team like the Jaguars who just can't seem to get out of their own way and you bet on them laying points against a stinky team like the Giants who can't seem to stop themselves from winning, shit's gonna happen this is a mild bullshit I don't know what else to say, but it makes me upset
0: Yeah, this one is just tough, I, I think mild bullshit is probably fitting I, I could probably just say legit because the Giants have done this many times i still don't believe that's who they are no i think i think all of their games have been one score games they've just won six of the seven
1: honestly like, the that's
0: not that, that's not a sustainable thing one score games like classically are a thing that flip from year to year and it's... why you see teams go from four wins to 11 or 12 wins to seven
1: it's not just that they're winning one score games It's that they're winning one score games where they're very lucky to even be within a score. Like they should be getting blown out and somehow they're winning. It's fucked. I'm at the point where people keep on saying like, you listen to the radio, you listen to like betting shows and people are like, oh, you know, the Giants, they're not real. They're six and one, but they're not actually good. And I'm like, does anybody... Actually, fucking think they're good. Like, I don't think anybody does. It's kind of like that Steelers team a few years ago that went eleven and zero when they were like legitimately a below-average team.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's definitely coaching that's playing into this, and they are incredibly well coached. But it is still just so much luck. There are so many things that bounce their way, and to be able to keep coming back like this,
1: ETN fumbling on the fucking edge of the goal line, getting stopped at the one-yard line as time expires several stupid penalties by the jaguars multiple fourth down turnovers by the jaguars it's just so much shit and every time the giants need a break they seem to find one it's it's not sustainable and unfortunately the giants play absolutely fucking nobody this year so we may never find out if it is sustainable or not
0: till the playoffs well you say that (laughs) i know it's actually super plausible Like just off of being six and one and an incredibly easy schedule.
1: Oh, no, I'm saying you say that, but then you see the teams that were supposed to be good going to the playoffs and they suck.
0: Yeah, that's that's another part. But we we can get into that as we talk about the games. Let's finish up. We can hit some highs on the way out as the afternoon slate and four o'clock slate was very good to us. Our co-best bet Kansas City over San Francisco. We had Kansas City minus three. That was, I think, a 21 point game.
1: Yeah, and that's despite the Chiefs fumbling a punt at their own fucking goal line. It's despite Mahomes throwing an interception to start the game. The turnover Yeah, they basically luck...
0: spotted him 10 points.
1: Yeah, the turnover luck went against us, and we still got a decided win. It was exactly like we said. The Chiefs are just in an entirely other tier from the 49ers. That's it, yeah. and there's nothing more to be said. This was a terrible line.
0: I agree. Next up, we had Seattle beating the Chargers. Or no, we had them plus six and a half,
1: but we didn't need it. Nope. Uh Brandon Staley should be burnt at the stake. Uh it's kind of bullshit that we want that the Seahawks won this game because they absolutely should not win this game, but Brandon Staley begets bullshit. He actively loses his team's games. He does it every week. Justin Herbert has to play otherworldly to transcend that, and for once, he did not.
0: Yeah, I think this one was just kind of clear based off of what the Chargers have shown us. Like, at a certain point, you have to say it's not bullshit when Brandon Staley keeps doing this and keeps putting the team in bad positions.
1: Yep. I mean, that and was our like, handicap
0: The Seahawks won by, what, 14?
1: Yeah, it dominated.
0: <laughs> we, we, had, we had a three-score our cushion basically in our number like that was 100 legit if you can oh, yeah. talk about certain plays here and there but it's three
1: scores couldn't agree more so on the week i am proud of four of our bets i am not proud of one of our bets i i see no reason to change anything eventually the market will correct itself
0: yeah i think i think we're we're getting a better read on things it's just the the fun of betting on football games. Of sometimes people really fuck up. Sometimes people do really well.
1: Even in this league, it's forty percent bullshit. A wise man once told me.
0: I don't know about wise, but a man has said that before. It's me.
1: All right. Should we get to some games?
0: Yeah. Let's talk about some fun ones. For week eight, we start off. With some more Thursday night football, the Baltimore Ravens are going to Tampa Bay to play the Buccaneers. The Bucs are plus one and a half.
1: Want to guess what this line was Sunday morning? Uh,
0: Tampa minus three.
1: Yeah, this line has moved four points.
0: Oh, good. Like, I mean, I'm not surprised. I don't think that has much to do with the Ravens holding off the Browns. Probably has mm-hmm. more to do with the Bucs are terrible right now. They just got the shit kicked out of them by the Panthers, who should have the first overall pick in the draft this year.
1: Yeah, it's it's really rough. Pardon the uh the water sounds in the background. I've moved back into my My studio, my Venice studio, which is a bathroom. My Venice bathroom studio for this podcast only. Our last virtual podcast for the foreseeable future.
0: Yeah, we should have started with that. I just didn't know if we wanted to surprise him when there's no uh, overlap.
1: Well, you know what? Maybe we'll get some of our uh, our good luck from 2021 back because I'm getting in touch with my roots here in Venice. Marina del Rey. I live on the border. My mailbox... My mailbox is in Venice. I'm not. Anyhow, <sighs> Lamar Jackson completed nine passes last week against the Browns' putrid secondary. The only issue is that the Buccaneers' defense is probably the only defense that's more poorly coordinated than the Browns. That might be a stretch, but it's not. It's arguable. It's not. It's not out of the question. It is that bad in Tampa. I just finished making a video breaking down every dropback of PJ Walker for the YouTube, not the free Patreon, but- It is a free YouTube, though. It is a free YouTube. I think the Buccaneers had a coverage bust on every dropback. I'm not joking. And they were just running basic cover two concepts with 10-yard cushions, which is eerily reminiscent of Joe Woods. It's so bad. Anyhow, I want to take Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is the right side. It is where the sharp money is going. But how can one take Tampa Bay?
0: Yep. Afterwards? I don't. I don't think you can bet on this game.
1: No, like it's it's maybe pile in that I have a lean on it, but I do not. I actively seek to not bet this game. Um, I
0: think this is a game that people should stay away from. I agree because the Buccaneers. You can't bet on them right now. I I don't think it's intelligent to do it because you, you can get into the buying the dip thing, and everyone's low on them. So you're getting you know plus points when they're at home but it's because they haven't shown anything like you, you just cannot bet on an offense that refuses to score the ball and a defense that is running around with no idea what they're doing I don't they care are, how much talent they have they just they're they're bad right now you can't they, bet on them
1: they are very certainly the worst coach team in the nfl right which means they can only go one way from here they can't get worse it can only get better they have tons of talent, tons of veterans, and this same coaching staff with these same players has done it before. Bruce Arians, who is the one who seemingly held everything together for the last two years, is still in the building and still attends practice. So every ingredient they need to fix this and become an elite team is still there, which means you can't bet against them because at yep. any moment they could be the best team in the NFL again. And I'm not, that's not an exaggeration. However, to this point, they have been the worst coach team in the NFL. And what is my grand theory for thursday night football really good coaches have a market advantage on short weeks john harbaugh is a really good coach and greg roman runs an extremely unique difficult to prepare for offense which the buccaneers even with good coaches would have a hard time adjusting to on the short week so talent wise and market perception wise tampa bay is the play matchup wise and you know trend analysis wise baltimore is the play therefore if you bet on this game you are a jackass and i'm trying not to be a jackass yeah
0: yeah <laughs> i just think you're you're gambling too heavy on one thing happening or, it's, or it's literally
1: gambling betting on this game is yeah. gambling
0: so that's i just especially with being on a thursday where extra weird stuff comes in you don't know who's playing how healthy people are it's just one to stay away from and then rather on sunday
1: rather than bet this game go put a thousand dollars on black and spin the fucking wheel (laughs) better odds same odds i think it's better it's literally the
0: same you you're gonna you're gonna get math on me you're gonna math me right now?
1: Roulette is a fifty is a fifty fifty payout, so it's even odds, but there are two greens, which means there's a ten percent chance of green, which means it's literally the same. It's the same as minus one ten.
0: What about a tie? It can't be a tie in football? Oh. That's how you get better odds in roulette.
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: No, I mean, you, I'm you making course... this up. I have no idea. I don't know the math. I we we do legal things. We don't we don't do math. I used to do math. I mean, I did math in high school. This is so unnecessary. Let's go to Sunday. Yep and because we don't get enough of them we go back for another london game sunday morning at 9:30 a.m eastern time the denver broncos and the jacksonville jaguars are playing the jags are minus three looks like they're about to go to minus two and a half
1: and guess who's gonna be in los angeles not watching this game at 6 30 a.m you actually, I'm not even sure about that. I might be on a plane to Chicago or I might already be in Chicago. Who fucking knows where I'll be? <laughs> um, it's October, that, Joe. It, it's October. That means that I could be in any one of three or four cities. Um, I won't be watching this game one way or another, though. In all likelihood, apparently, Russell Wilson's going to play. I don't think that that should move the line at all. No, um, the Jaguars are what I want to do, but it feels like a square play,
0: right? I don't know. I, I still feel like the Broncos are. Just not a good team.
1: Oh, they're dog shit.
0: And not that the Jags are a good team, but they feel like a competent team.
1: The problem is that they're they're so consistently not competent. Like if they, they could if they could just not shoot themselves in the dick, they would be at like what four and two or four and three, five and two.
0: But I feel like it's not as much like incompetence. It's a different level. Like, it's incompetence. Like, they just fuck up. But it's not like the Nathaniel Hackett where stuff is like, what the fuck are you doing?
1: And Russell Wilson just, like, standing there waiting to get sacked rather than throwing to the open receivers.
0: Yeah, it's just like Trevor Lawrence, when the ball's slippery, he fumbles. And like, you know, sometimes he doesn't make the greatest decisions. But there seems like there's a plan when they're playing football. It's just sometimes guys fuck up. Whereas Denver, it's like, eh, they just kind of go and see what happens.
1: You know what? Here's why we're going to bet on the Jaguars. They're going to be a fucking play. Here's why it's going to be that way. The thing that makes the Broncos even remotely formidable is the fact that they run a very complex defense with lots of simulated pressures dropping defensive linemen and edges out into coverage and shooting inside linebackers in blitzes right so they're sending Mm -hmm. four but they're it looks like they're sending more than four so everybody's covered but you feel like you're being pressured even though you're not really fucks quarterbacks up they make lots of mistakes It's why everybody throws interceptions against the Broncos. Frankly, it's why Patrick Sertain has such gaudy coverage statistics, despite being a good-not-great corner. And I know that that's a wildly hot take these days.
0: Yeah, that is. I think he's I think he's good. Like yeah, he's good. Close he's he's close to great.
1: He's an elite second corner and he's a solid first corner.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair right now.
1: Well, pff has got him at number 2 and most people are talking about him as like the best corner we've seen since Prime Revis.
0: Yeah, that's too too quick. Yeah, we've too we've, quick we've to get the
1: there. shark. So basically what I'm getting at is the Broncos claim to fame is that their defense is super complex and exotic and brings lots of pressure and it it fucks up quarterbacks heads. Well, we just saw the Jaguars go against almost the same fucking thing in Wink Martindale and the Giants last week, and they handled it very well. And if it was not for fumbles and some red zone turnovers, they would have scored about 45 points. So I'm encouraged. I think that I think that the Jaguars can handle the Broncos' fastball. And then on the other end, I don't think that Russell Wilson can do shit against anybody. And I don't I don't believe he's injured at all. I honestly believe that the Broncos sat him down last week so they could see if Brett Rippin was going to be the solution. And they realized he's probably not going to be the solution. And they are putting Wilson back out there as more a show of hopelessness than a show of faith.
0: I don't know if it was quite as direct is like hey Russ we're gonna sit you down I imagine he's probably a little beat up and they went yeah we know you could play but we're gonna uh, make sure you're as healthy as possible before we put you back out there and it can't get much worse with ripping in. yeah oh I've, and I've got now and now they're back to like okay we gotta play him he's healthy we gave him a week to like try and figure out his head it's obviously not any better with ripping again not much worse but let's play him
1: so I've got one more angle on this game, or rather an anti-angle. A lot of people are going to say something about the Jaguars going to London. They've been there so many times. They are especially adept at handling going overseas. Is it even London or is it Germany? I don't know. It's fucking Europe.
0: It's all the same. It's Wembley. It's London.
1: Yeah, so they've played at Wembley a bunch of fucking times. Once upon a time, people thought they might become the London Jaguars. It's not going to fucking happen. Regardless, a lot of people out there who are extremely square are going to tell you that the Jaguars have some kind of advantage from this. It's not true. Nobody on this Jaguars team was a part of those teams that went to London you know who was part of those Jaguars teams who went to London Nathaniel Hackett (laughs) So, to the extent that anybody has an advantage it might be the Broncos I would say it's probably a wash because anything that Nathaniel Hackett's bumbling ass can bring to the Broncos I'm sure that there is somebody within the Jaguars organization who has stuck around for the last five years so it's probably a wash do not take that into account
0: I think a few years ago it may have made a difference before teams have like started to figure out some of the ways to go over there but now so much information has come out of like how to mess with the guy's sleep schedules and keeping everyone inside not letting people go run around that it's not as much of an advantage to have experience anymore and no matter what you still have to go sit on a plane for nine hours or whatever the hell it is like they're gonna get thrown off their game regardless Gonna be a little strange, and I don't think anyone benefits really, even if they've been over there a couple of times, because it's just sitting on a plane is what's gonna screw you up. Your sleep schedule is what's gonna screw you up. But I think we've talked about this game plenty. I'm I'm a little hesitant just because the Jags feel like they kind of cheddar us a little bit into believing they had figured it out. And now they do look a little more dysfunctional lately. But I do still think they're the better team. They have the better quarterback. They have the better coach. I think their weapons are similar. And I don't know, they they should win.
1: Yeah. And, and you know what, honestly, we've got two weeks in a row of everybody being on the Jags, Like last week, the Jags over the Giants was the single most sharply bet game on the table. Sharps bet on the Jaguars more than any other team this past week. So you know what? Fuck it. If at first you don't succeed, try, try again. Everybody's always a little bit early. Let's jump on this bandwagon. We're going to make the Jags our first bet of the week, and I'm not going to watch the game.
0: Yeah, I won't watch this game either because I will be asleep.
1: Yeah, it's hard enough to get you up for the fucking one o'clock games. Oh, dude, I'm moving back to the Midwest. So I get to call them the noon games like they're supposed to be called.
0: Yeah, we're gonna have to decide how we do that. Because I've been doing all kinds of East Coast bias and doing everything on uh, your time.
1: Here's what we do. We call it the noon games because that's how God intended.
0: Honestly, I think mountain time is the superior. It is. Watching. It is.
1: It's the ideal, but we live in a fallen world.
0: Fair enough. To the noon. Let's slate? move on. You you haven't moved here yet. You don't get to call up the noon slate. It's still one o'clock till we're till we're live. Pod.
1: How about this? It's fucking ten a.m. Slate. How about that? No, it's far too early. Dastardly early. It is,
0: especially if you do anything on a Saturday night. Terrible. Anyway, to the one o'clock slate, we have the Arizona Cardinals going to play the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings are minus four
1: minus four now okay this line was vikings minus six it's moved two points and i'm fucking tempted dude
0: yeah i i don't love minus four it's moving but the Vikings it's on its way The Vikings are coming off a bye cock I know the bye. Cardinals have a mini bye because they played on Thursday but the Cardinals are not a good team
1: I have a fun little handicap that I just thought of on the spot
0: Okay uh, regale
1: me Who who owns Cliff McVay Yes I was about to say don't say Kyler it is Sean McVay Sean McVay owns Cliff Who is the cock
0: A McVeigh Disciple?
1: THE McVeigh Disciple.
0: McVeigh, he he cultured this cock.
1: McVeigh groomed this cock. He stroked him in times of need. He built him up, made him hard.
0: And then sent him off to explode on the league.
1: He prepared this cock. Honestly, I know that the Vikings are a severely overrated team, but I still kind of like them. Like, their defense sucks, don't get me wrong. But the reason that their defense sucks is because you could just throw, like, easy, quick shit over the middle against them all goddamn day, right? And and, and Kyler literally can't because he can't see it. Kyler can only throw outside. And, and for all of his flaws, like, Cameron Dantzler and Patrick Peterson can still tackle. Harrison Smith can still tackle.
0: The thing that worries me yes the middle of the field you don't have to worry about but the vikings play 10 yards off no matter what yeah and the cardinals don't throw the ball past the line of scrimmage half the time yeah but that's so like they're they're guaranteed to just get six yard passes like all the time are they not
1: i would rather so here's the thing if you're gonna run 10 yards off which the the vikings will if you're gonna run deep cushions it is better to have the other team throw screens and things behind the line of scrimmage than it is to have them throw moving routes right like what you don't want when you're playing off coverage is the quarterback to hit guys in stride you don't want the quarterback to throw the ball on a slant receiver catches it and then turns upfield. you can you can rally to the ball Right? Like if if a guy gets the ball behind the line of scrimmage, first of all, he's almost certainly at a standstill, which means it's going to take him a split second to get going. And then once he gets going, he's got a couple yards to cover before he even gets to the line of scrimmage, which means that 10 yard advantage turns quickly into like a five yard advantage. And then it just turns into who can create more out of that space. All this to say, basically, playing this super off coverage isn't the worst thing against a team like the Cardinals. It's worse against a team like, say, the Chargers. The Chargers, everything they throw is a slant or a curl across the middle, so your receiver is actually getting downfield and moving. It's not the case for the Cardinals. Um, yeah,
0: and you know, like a, a Jimmy G actually does okay against this defense because exactly. he's just got to complete short passes.
1: Exactly. Exactly. On the other hand, like, and look at how Kyler has played against the Browns, which is a very similar defense.
0: Just not so- good. It's cuz it requires him to make consistent good plays. He doesn't he can't get away with his kind of like playground games. Yep. That are the the reason behind a lot of his big plays. And he just has to complete a lot. Now, I still I still don't love that defense. They're terrible. I don't know. Hopkins being back helps the Cardinals offense a little bit.
1: I actually like Cam Dantzler on him quite a bit. I think that's exactly who Cam Dantzler was built to cover.
0: Yeah, but I still think it opens it up for the rest of the team. And the biggest part it goes back to is Kyler's confidence yeah. and the way he plays. I don't. I mean, I I like the Vikings in this spot. Minus four is tough. Minus I would love to tough. wait on it and see if it dropped a little bit more.
1: If it gets to minus three, I want it. I don't want it at minus three and a half. Um, the Cardinals also just had a an exciting, fun win against a pretty decent team on Thursday night football when everybody was watching. And despite being five and one, the Vikings are two and four against the spread. So people think they're fraudulent and want to fade them. (sighs) Additionally on defense, I know that they've been terrible. Trust me, I've been one of the the champions of that bandwagon. Just fuck this Vikings defense. Everybody looks good against it. But last time we saw the Vikings, they were getting embarrassed by the Bears and damn near upset, which we've learned is not quite as disgusting an outcome as we thought at the time, but not good. They will be embarrassed. And for all the warts on defense, I still really like Ed Donatel as a defensive coordinator. I think he's really smart. And given a week to prepare and retool some things... I think there's a shot that he could put something together. If this gets to minus three, I'm taking Vikings minus three. But right now, I have to call it a lean, unfortunate. I agree
0: with you. I think minus four is just too big when the Vikings defense is as bad as it is. So I think we just sit with, you know, a lean, I guess a maybe pile, but even a, a weak maybe pile. Let's move on. Yeah. Next up, we have the Carolina Panthers going to play the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons are minus four and a half.
1: Back to the well.
0: I just can't quit you.
1: We we're going to bet on the Falcons here. Now, we should wait because this was minus 7 Sunday morning and it's been dropping.
0: I agree we should wait. I think we're you know, the the teams are going in opposite directions as far as the public is concerned. Not that I think anyone's buying on the Panthers at this point, but they don't think that they're, you know, uh an 0-16 level team, they they can win a couple games. You know, they already have. And the Falcons just got pretty well embarrassed by the Bengals. I know the the final score was probably even closer than the game actually was. Yeah. So we're getting the right direction narrative
1: wise. I also am encouraged because I think that <sighs> Arthur Smith has to have learned from what the fuck happened in Cincinnati. Like, there's no feasible way that he walks away from that game okay with the fact that he passed the ball 13 times when he was losing by 21 points. Like, he's going to he's gonna have to come to his senses and be like, all right, I either got to pass this fucking ball or I got to fucking forfeit this season while I'm in first place. So they're going to optimize their play calling a little bit. Additionally, the Panthers have had a damn hard time stopping the run this year. They have. Additionally, the Panthers starting cornerbacks, well, J.C. Horn is probably out, and he's really good. Dante Jackson sucks dick. He doesn't even get paid for it. He just does it for fun. Nothing wrong with that, but C.J. Henderson has been a little disappointing as well. On the other end, I know that the Panthers offensive line has low-key been way fucking better lately. And now that they're finally st- starting Bradley Bozeman by necessity instead of Pat Elfline. Say,
0: purely like, because Elfline went on the IR, you know, forced into making a good decision.
1: Exactly. But they're still not a great offensive line. They still have a ton of mental errors. And the Falcons aren't getting a pass rush on anybody in like a fair fight. Anyway, it has to come down to somebody fucking up or Grady Jarrett dominating. So I think that to the extent that the Falcons are ever going to play well on defense, this is a pretty decent opportunity. And I think that people are really high on P.J. Walker right now. And let me tell you, having graded all of his snaps from this season now, they shouldn't be. He's not legitimately good. They are housing him and sheltering him extremely dean pease is too smart to let somebody throw i think they threw seven halfback screens last week against tampa and i know what you're thinking they have good running backs they should be getting the ball into their running backs hands but there's a problem they ran the same fucking screen same play same blocking same formation seven times Five times to the left. Every single screen was the same. Five to the left, two to the right. Exactly the same play. Oh, my God. They ran it twice (laughs) on the same drive.
0: That's terrible.
1: And Tampa lost. (laughs) Well, Tampa is a fucking fire drill. Like, they are truly fucked coaching-wise. The Falcons are a lot of things, but fucked on the coaching staff is not one of them. Even if they don't have AJ Terrell and they don't have Casey Hayward, I still like the Falcons here at anything better than minus five. I honestly expect this to be a blowout.
0: I could definitely see it being a blowout. A blowout. It's a big number, though, for a team that I still don't think is that good. But they're definitely the better team. They're better coached. They've actually had success this season.
1: This is what you're going to do. You're going to wait, and you're going to see if this line goes down to minus four. And if it goes down to minus four, you wait. And if it ever gets to minus three, you bet your mortgage. If it doesn't, you take it. Because anything between minus three and a half, uh, no, no. Anything between minus four and minus five and a half is the same to me, right? I agree. It's almost impossible to win a bet minus five, or sorry, it's almost impossible to win a bet minus four and a half and lose the same bet minus five and a half. Games just don't land on five points. It doesn't fucking happen. Now, having said that, this game will land on five points, but- You have asymmetric risk. If it gets down to minus three, you've bought yourself about a 10% chance of winning this bet, just statistically speaking, because games land on three so much more often than they land on anything else. Wait, but eventually bet the Falcons. It's probably gonna be a best bet. I know I sound like a broken record, but 83% of the time this year, it's been right. Falcons... The first bet I truly love this week. Probably going to be a best bet because Tigers don't change their stripes.
0: Dirty birds. Yeah, I I don't love the number, but I think overall the handicap is right. I think we wait and probably have to sweat it out a little bit at the beginning of the game if we get four and a half or four or whatever. But I'm comfortable with it. Let's move on. Next up, we have the Chicago Bears going to play the Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys are minus nine and a half.
1: Shockingly, this line hasn't moved an inch since before Monday Night Football, but I also don't want to take it. I think that the right side is the Bears. Uh, I think that they are a little underrated because yes, Justin Fields sucks, but the offensive line is massively underrated. The wide receivers are massively underrated. And Luke Getzey has impressed me as an offensive coordinator. It's a lot of running. It's basically the same shit that Nathaniel Hackett's doing, but they're just executing better in the run game. And then he's got a couple more trick plays that he breaks out to get Justin Fields to manufactured easy yards.
0: I I just don't want to bet on this game. Nine and a half points.
1: Yeah, no, I, I, think, I don't either.
0: I think you're right that the Bears are probably the right side just because I think that defense is good enough that the Cowboys aren't going to be able to just shit on them, obviously. When you have Dak back there, the you need a big matchup advantage uh, at your playmakers. And I don't think that necessarily exists. The line hasn't been incredible. So I think, you know, Dallas should be able to score. They're the better team. They should definitely win, especially because of how bad... I think the Bears offense is they're exceeding expectations, but they're still a very bad offense. And they can't throw the ball. You can't throw. You can't I, I can't bet on a team that cannot throw the ball at all.
1: Which is also kind of why we can't bet on Dallas.
0: Yeah. But Dak, and I don't Dak want to bet on a bad. team at nine and a half anyway.
1: Dak has been terrible. And that's kind of also what I want to bet. Like Dak is right now. When Dak doesn't play football, people think of him as a good quarterback because Dak just doesn't fuck up that often, or at least it doesn't seem like it. You remember Dak for his averageness and consistency of being average. But in reality, when you watch him, he actually puts the ball in harm's way pretty often, and he gives you very little upside to go with those turnover tendencies. (sighs) I'm not high on the Cowboys. I kind of want to bet the Bears. I know the Bears are the right side. It's certainly a maybe pile, but it's just tough to do it.
0: Yeah, I I just don't want to bet on a bad team with a bad quarterback.
1: And, and I don't want to bet on a team that just blew out the New England fucking Patriots on Monday night. That's a bad recipe.
0: All right, so we'll maybe pile it, but let's move on. Next up, we have the Las Vegas Raiders going to play the New Orleans Saints. The Saints are plus two.
1: This game's tough. Uh, it'll be a really good game. That's for damn sure. I just don't know who wins it. And I, while it's extremely actionable, I don't even know who's playing quarterback for New Orleans. I don't know who's healthy in their secondary. I lean Raiders, but I'm not. I'm not betting it. It's a coin flip.
0: I agree with you. I think it's a coin flip. I honestly would lean New Orleans because you know they they had a rough week last week.
1: Well, hey. But- um, Andy Dalton is PFF's third-ranked quarterback in the NFL.
0: I I don't get it. We <laughs>
1: like Andy
0: Dalton. We like Andy Dalton. I love Andy
1: Dalton relative to the market. And but, I, and I don't think he's close to
0: that. And he just threw three picks last week, well, two of which were pick sixes.
1: It was really two but yeah so, I,
0: don't know, I think this one it's just tough though it, it's a hard one to bet on because they're two very similar teams new orleans has a lot of uncertainty about them right now but i think you know you you have a home team catching a couple points with really similar teams that's where i would lean but i don't think you can bet, or you no, can't it, bet on it this game's not not it's, it's a tough one
1: all right i guess we got to go to who's up next
0: Next up, we have the Miami Dolphins going to play the Detroit Lions. The Lions are plus three and a half.
1: Okay, this game is a little tough. It was Miami minus three, at which point I liked it. And minus three and a half, I don't love it. It smells very fishy. On one hand eventually tua has to pay for his sins i think he threw five pickable balls last week and none of them were actually fucking picked
0: he was really bad that's disgusting
1: it's so bad that i'm probably going to stay up late in the night to make a fucking youtube video explaining why it was so bad you're and a warrior I man i don't want to fucking hear any of this shit either about it was his first game back in two weeks you, you think he had his thumb up his ass for those two weeks like he was perfectly well prepared against a. it was bad, two weeks against a it's bad not team like he was
0: out for two months
1: and he played against a bad team and frankly his performance was emblematic of everything that we've come to expect from him so no i don't i don't expect Tua to be any better in the upcoming game What it boils down to is, is Tua going to come back to earth where he fucking belongs? Or is Mike McDaniel going to just absolutely mentally dominate Dan Quinn and co? Because Mike McDaniel is still great. He's very great. And the Lions are increasingly poorly coached on defense. In fact, the Lions dropped three or four pickable balls just last week against Dallas, or else they probably win that game.
0: Yeah. I, I don't know. I think you're, what you were just getting at is exactly the thing you have to look at. Yep. Is yes, Tua does have to pay for his sins at a certain point. But do you think it's going to be this week against a not, not well coached Lions team that also doesn't have a ton of talent and has kind of underperformed this whole year? Like that defense has been giving up points to everyone. Well, so and yeah, Tua is not great, but I don't think he needs to be even good for McDaniel's offense against this shitty Lions team.
1: Yeah. So here's what it comes down. To. So Jeff Okuda sucks, right? Like he just blanket sucks. Uh, Shout out, restore the roar. I'm sorry. I know that you were high on him in the beginning of the year. Nothing has changed and I regret nothing. He is not a startable NFL cornerback. It is what it is. Amani oruarie on the other side. However, I am very high on now he's got a terrible PFF grade. I think he's only played one week. So shit happens. But to the extent that Amani Oruwari is a good player, Cornerback, and I believe he is. He's good because he's big and plays the ball really well. He's not going to cover Tyree Kill or even Jalen Waddle. He just can't run with them. It's not in him, and it never will be. And that's okay. But it's not okay when there's no other defensive backs worth a damn to help him. It's also not like the Lions are going to get a pass rush because Aiden Hutchinson actually has looked increasingly good every week. Like every week, he's gotten. He went from being like this guy kind of sucks to this guy's getting fraudulent sacks to like okay, this guy's kind of tearing the game up. Every week it gets a little better. But going against Teron Armstead is not a way to t- – it's not an easy way to continue to improve in your rookie season. It'll be a roadblock.
0: Yeah. And there's really nobody As else. As it should be. Yeah. The no. guy's are one of the best tackles in the league.
1: I would not expect any defensive end, much less a rookie – to fare well against Teron Armstead. He's just that good. And the Dolphins get the ball out quick. So I don't see an avenue for the Lions defense to perform even adequately. I can only see failure in their future. I gotta look Miami here. I hate that we keep on fucking betting on Miami, but it keeps on being the right side. And in fact, the games that we've lost with Miami against the spread were bullshit. Some of the most egregious bullshit of the entire year has been two of our Miami bets. Three of them, if you count the game where Teddy Bridgewater was hurt on the first play. that one's still wild
0: yeah i i mean they're they're a much better team and their weakness of their fraudulent quarterback doesn't come into play in this game because the lions are not a team that's going to make them pay for that so i even though we keep getting burned by them maybe not keep, but we've gotten burned by them a few times it's three it's three and a half for a much better team that also has a matchup advantage
1: Let's put a maybe pile, but it's high on that maybe pile. I think we yeah, probably. I think do.
0: it's towards the upper end, but it might also speak to the strength of this card. But let's move on. Next up, we have the New England Patriots going to play the New York Jets. The Jets are plus one and a
1: half. <sighs> Kind of like the Patriots here. I do too. Zach Wilson's just such a fucking idiot. He cannot handle pressure or any disguise.
0: And they just lost Elijah Vera Tucker for the season. Lost Brees Hall for the season. I know they got James Robinson. I don't think.
1: I don't think it means anything, especially on a short week.
0: Yeah. Um And if anyone is going to make Zach Wilson pay for just being an idiot, I would guess it would be a pissed off Bill Belichick because they don't even have to like be talented to beat him. They just have to be in the right place.
1: They literally just have to like send one stim pressure or sim pressure and then like disguise half a coverage. And then on defense, I don't think that the Jets are good enough to really thwart what the Patriots want to do, which is run the ball because they don't have any good linebackers to speak of and their defensive line is not good but also pass for it's pass centric like Leonard Williams is sick right he's everything he was ever supposed to be um but Sheldon Rankin what
0: Leonard Williams is on the Giants
1: god damn it Quinn and Williams well first of all they used to be teammates on the Jets uh good job Jets letting Leonard go they played together I, I thought they so. missed each other I, th- I think they played together one year
0: okay oh it doesn't really matter it anyway doesn't. Quentin Williams he's been good
1: yeah no he, he, him and Leonard Williams both turned into exactly what they're supposed to be which is elite defensive tackles good for you but Sheldon Rankins is a body at this point and then Jonathan Franklin Myers and Shaq Lawson are both speedy edge rushers who get after the passer more than they stop the run he's you are
0: like, you are crushing it with the first name say it's Carl Lawson
1: oh my god okay Shaq Lawson is who uh
0: look, who does Shaq Lawson play I get confused by the Shacks I will be honest there's Shaq Griffin there's
1: well now there's uh, Shaq a lot of Leonard okay Shaq Lawson used to be a jet he now plays for the Bills <laughs> you know because they 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 acquired Shaq Lawson when Carl Lawson got hurt
0: really I I I just know that Carl Lawson's their dude now
1: but- yes and Carl Lawson has a 41 run defense grade per PFF He's also, and this is much more indicative, he's 6'2", 260. He, stopping yeah. on.
0: He, he was a pass rush guy. He's almost like that you don't know if you should play him outside linebacker in a 3-4.
1: Yeah, he's a lot like a low-end Vic Beasley. Justice for Vic Beasley.
0: You're going to get hate on that comment.
1: Well, everybody who has hate for my Vic Beasley love can write a letter, put it in an envelope, roll it into a tube, and shove it directly up their ass.
0: I think, unfortunately, no one feels that strongly about Vic Beasley, except probably Vic Beasley and his friends and family, and they'll be all about this kind of commentary, so.
1: Exactly. (laughs) Um, on the outside, Sauce Gardner is legit. He's getting a little too much love for my taste lately, but he's a very good corner, like a very good corner, like yeah. probably a great corner. Uh, He could be had, but you can't take him deep. He's, he's a lot like Richard Sherman used to be, just a better version, honestly, in that if you want to beat him, you got to run slants, ins outs curls etc you cannot beat him with streaks and people keep on trying his ass with streaks and i don't know why i bailey zappi is the 19th ranked quarterback according to pff why 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 Why? 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 um i i think that the patriots will put together something and that something's probably going to involve a lot of ramondre stevenson running the ball at a weak uh jets interior defense I don't know what else there is to say about it. I think that this is going to be a very low-scoring game. I'm seeing something like 17-10. to 10, But I don't feel strongly about this. It's kind of a maybe pile, but the Patriots over the Jets feels right.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm saying, but I, I don't want to bet on the Patriots because they're not good.
1: I don't it's ever like want when to like We
0: Patriots. bet on them against the Browns, and I felt better about that, and I was still like, eh, because they're just not good. I mean, we saw them – on monday against the bears who are terrible they got embarrassed
1: yeah but the bears have a mobile quarterback and bill belichick has never been able to handle a mobile quarterback
0: yeah but even the offense looked terrible like they, they, well, they weren't able to do anything
1: bad. it's gonna look bad it's yeah, always it's gonna bad. look but remember they still scored 14 points that's basically all they're gonna need against these jets to win
0: all right i think i think maybe pile
1: yeah maybe pile
0: and and let's move on i agree And for the final game of the 1 o'clock hour, we have the Pittsburgh Steelers going to play the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles are minus 10 and a half.
1: Not touching it.
0: Nope. Maybe bet Eagles first half. There's a decent number.
1: I was about to ask you the exact same fucking thing. What's the line on the uh, first half?
0: Minus six. It's three for the first quarter.
1: No. We just can't touch this game.
0: Nope. Can't.
1: All right, so fuck them.
0: On to the four o'clock hour. First up, we have the Tennessee Titans playing the Houston Texans. The Texans are plus two. Oh,
1: fuck, Alex, it's our old nemesis. <laughs> Titans minus an extremely bettable number.
0: I mean, minus two is within the range that we can bet on them.
1: It is in our allowable range. We have we. I, it's written in the stones. You cannot. Bet. You know what? I'm in California too. When I'm in Los Angeles and we bet on Mike Vrabel minus less than three, it typically works out for us. And we've done it quite a fucking bit because for those of you. That who, was, for those that of you, was
0: a stat.
1: Let me, let me that tell was a st- shut the fuck up. Let me tell the new listeners. <laughs> These problems won't happen when we're in the same room. We're going to tell Still the,
0: totally will.
1: Still totally will, but I will punch you. Um, For the new listeners. As high as we are on the Falcons this year, we used to be that high on the Titans before they lost all of their roster talent. And Ryan, before Ryan Tannehill became an old old man with a with a cane. Um we are no longer that high on the Titans, but before we failed before we deserted the Titans, we decided no more betting on a Mike Vrabel team laying more than 2 points because Mike Vrabel will try to win by as few points as possible. Yes.
0: Man, Can I make my comment about your stat now. Do it. That was that was like on ESPN. When they give you a stat during a game that's like, he's the first player to throw a football this distance in a game on a Sunday night when it's 64 degrees out and between two, two and four teams. That's what I got from you saying in L.A. under three on Mike Vrabel. That's a lot of qualifications.
1: Yes. But do you remember that Monday night game week one of 2019 when. OK, I just realized how pathetic <laughs> that was. Um, <laughs> thank you regardless do you remember that week one game 2019 Titans, and the line was minus three but we went on bovada and found an alt line that was fucked up and they had the odds wrong so we got titans minus two and we ended up pushing because the titans missed five field goals that game
0: oh yeah i do remember that
1: game yeah i'll never fucking forget it thank god we got minus two because we pushed this is why we don't lay more than two with Mike Vrabel. See also every time he plays a good team in the playoffs. Um, Man, the Titans are just so much better than the Texans. They have to beat them by more than two. And I know that the Texans are way better than people think, but the Titans are better than people think as well. I The Titans are the square bet, but they're the bet.
0: Yeah, I think these are two kind of underrated teams. Neither of them are good, but they're still underrated, so we don't really get any move in the value. But the Titans eventually actually been playing pretty well the last couple weeks last few weeks you know they're still what they are but it's a lot better than the beginning of the year where they didn't look like anything so they're back to what they are which is a solid team with some pretty talented players but some definite holes and not a great coach but then you go to the texans who have a ton of holes lovey smith is the coach and just not much else like they haven't yeah, they've looked okay throughout the year, but never to the point that they're like, oh yeah, they're really rounding into form. Davis Mills has taken over. They're they're on the come up. They're still just not very good. Texans are worse. It's under three. I think Titans are the play, though it does feel kind of square.
1: Thank you for stalling while I get my laptop charger. Yeah, no, I mean, it's it's square, but it is also the correct pick. 100%, the Titans have to be the right pick.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, it's two points. It's a big talent discrepancy. I think we, we take it. We don't think about it too much. And worst case, we get another edition of mike rabel you rock his bitch
1: yeah no i like And that's
0: at least good content
1: yeah it's good content all right let's put titans minus two in our let's actually bet it pile not the maybe pile and that means that we get to do this all right moving on moving on hold on
0: the next game in the four o'clock hour, the New York Giants going to play the Seattle Seahawks. The Seahawks are minus three.
1: All right, the Seahawks were minus one and a half uh, Sunday morning. I still like the Seahawks. I'm just I'm gonna go broke betting against these Giants, but I have to do it.
0: They're they're not good. I agree with you. I I like the Seahawks. They I don't truly understand it. But they're, they're like a decent team, man. They don't have a ton of talent. They're not super well coached. But, like, the games go pretty well for them. And they aren't fucking up that often.
1: I like the Seahawks coaching, actually. I really like their offensive coordinator, Shane Waldron. I think he's legitimately good. Uh, another McVeigh disciple. Effectively... The lesser cock. But I also think that Pete Carroll deserves a lot of credit because we, like, the inclination of the world was Pete Carroll's a pretty damn good coach. Like, not great, but pretty damn good. And then the Russell Wilson lovers basically spammed the internet with slander for Pete Carroll, saying he's a fucking dinosaur idiot. And it turns out he was right. Why are you booing him? He's right. So... He was hiding Russell Wilson from the world because he knew that it wasn't so good.
0: I, I still think his his philosophy is a little outdated, but...
1: Or did he just have a bad quarterback and know that he needed to hide that?
0: No, I think it's a little outdated.
1: It's probably a little outdated. Regardless, I think the Seahawks are pretty decent. This line is moving and it will get down to minus two and a half. Take it at minus two and a half. It, it, like on Sunday, if it's still minus three, okay, so be it. But it's going to get down to minus two and a half. The public is going to come in hard on the Giants and the Sharps are going to come in late. So we'll take it at two and a half. Fuck you. It's going to get there.
0: Yeah, it would be great to eat at two and a half.
1: It's also in Seattle. Yeah, it's in Seattle. It's a raucous home crowd advantage. The Seahawks are actually good this year, so they're going to have fans. Like, the Seahawks are one of the most exciting teams to root for this year. If you're a Seahawks fan, you're blessed. Because you thought you had the worst team in the NFL, and they're kind of good.
0: And you have an absolute mountain of picks coming up, too. Oh, God, they're going to have a fucking top five pick. Yeah, it's like them and the Eagles, because the Eagles have the Saints first-round pick.
1: Yeah, but the Saints are going to be a borderline slash card team.
0: I don't know if they're going to get to that point, though.
1: I think they Just are. Just
0: because of what their records at at this point, and are how they- much they've already... Like, are, are they at two wins or three teams? wins? I think they're at two. I think right now they have the third pick. Do so you the mean
1: draft. they're a, a game out of first place in their division?
0: Yeah, they're not going to win their division. You say that. No way. No way you is the, the QB controversy between Jameis and Andy Dalton going to win that division.
1: You say that. <laughs> All right how do the giants win these games aside from bullshit luck they run the ball a lot and they do lots of like speed end around option quick play type shits right they try to get daniel jones running they try to get saquon in space and they try to get the ball into the hands of their wide receivers without actually asking daniel jones to throw it I like the Seahawks' ability to run. They are an athletic defense, if not a good one. Like Jordan Brooks, not a good linebacker, a very fast one. Tyreek Woolen becoming a good corner, but for the most part, just fast. Uh, I actually like Quandre Diggs at safety a lot. And they've got another safety filling in for Jamal Will- or Jamal Adams named Ryan Neal, who apparently PFF likes a lot, but I have no opinion on Worth noting that the Giants' offensive line sucked all year, but had bookend tackles. Uh, The boy Andrew Thomas playing elite, and then Evan Neal being a good rookie. Evan Neal's done for the year, so they're fucked. They have four not good linemen. Not that the Seahawks, like, have a bevy of weapons for rushing the passer, but if ever they were going to get pressure.
0: Yeah, and it helps in the run game, too. Yeah. Which is where, you know, their strength has been. has been Saquon and even Daniel Jones running.
1: Basically, these are two bad teams. One of them has a good quarterback. One of them has a functional quarterback. I'm going to take the home team. That's it. I, I like the Seahawks in this game. I I want to make them one of our five.
0: I'm fine with that. I, I'm kind of in the same boat of I'll go down just consistently betting against the Giants because they're fraudulent. Yeah they're well coached and that that's a ton of that has a ton of value especially in today's NFL yeah, but they're not Canadian. they're not a 6 and 1 team no and god forbid they're 7 and 1
1: yeah and meanwhile it, bad. Feels, it feels perverse that the Seahawks would be in first place in the a- NFC West but nobody else in that division has really asserted themselves yeah
0: and like they've still they've still they're they're a game above above 500 like yeah that's a that's a good season for them But it fits a little bit of what we've seen on the field. Six and one does not fit for the Giants. Seven and one sure as shit doesn't fit for the Giants. They've been losing in a lot of these games. I don't know. I Fuck. I don't you think they deserve it.
1: You know what? Here's why I don't want to bet this game anymore. I just decided I don't want to bet this game. Geno Smith has been good this year, but he's mostly been good against vanilla defenses. Wink Martindale runs an extremely like exotic Martindale. defense. He does. I I forget beyond the personnel, this is now a coin flip game just because Geno Smith's gonna see shit he hasn't seen this year, and a large part of this handicap is Geno Smith being a really good quarterback do we maybe pile this I don't know
0: because I feel like either either we think Geno is good enough or we don't
1: well I think Geno's good but I don't know if he's always good like it's a matchup problem right and this is a kind of defense he's not seen and probably not going to see again and frankly what we've seen from him this year is a little bit different than what we've ever seen before And by a little bit, I mean pretty fucking different. So to the extent he ever comes back to your earth, this might be one of those instances. I don't know, man, this is tough. I...
0: All right. Well, we get, we'll maybe pile it. We've got a handful of picks or, or what we have 3 picks already and we've got a handful in the maybe pile.
1: It's the top of the maybe pile, but Wink Martindale really adds an aspect that I kind of don't want to touch.
0: Yeah, cuz that's where it makes me go, why are we even putting it in the maybe pile at that point? You might as well just say, "Okay, we don't want to fuck with Wink."
1: I don't want to fuck with Wink, but I don't want to bet on the Bears, I don't want to bet on New England, and I don't really want to lay four with Miami. So, The maybe pile's kind of desolate. All right.
0: Okay, we'll maybe pile it. We only have a a few more games left, so we'll be back. Next up, we have the San Francisco 49ers playing the Los Angeles Rams. The Rams are plus one and a half.
1: (laughs) Remember when I made the biggest bet of my entire life on the Rams over the 49ers a few weeks ago?
0: Do you want to do it again? No. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think the right side here is the Rams, but you can't make that bet. They're coming off a bye. They hopefully have figured some things out, gotten a little healthier. And the 49ers just got their shit pushed in by the Chiefs. But the Rams have been terrible. They're in the same boat as the Bucs to me in that you can't trust that offense right now. And the defense is was, was just not great. I mean, the corners have struggled for them and they haven't been able to just get off the field. How many times do you watch the Rams, and it's just constant third-down conversions?
1: Yeah, the Rams are really frustrating because they so desperately need to add pieces, and the fact that they didn't add the pieces in the offseason is frustrating, but the fact that they're focused on all the wrong things is even more frustrating, like – I understand that the running game is important for Sean McVay's offense. I really do. But you don't need to be trading the entire fucking farm for Christian McCaffrey when you lack any speedy receivers and literally have no defensive ends worth starting in the NFL. Like, get your priorities straight. I understand running back more valuable for you. It's not more valuable than an entire draft, an edge rusher, and any vertical element to your offense whatsoever. Now, coming off a of bye... For the first time in a long time, there's a chance in hell that the Rams could have a healthy offensive line. Alaric Jackson has been good at left tackle, probably better than Joe Noteboom was, so that's not really a loss. Ode Abushi is actually a pretty solid right guard. Like, not good, but enough, right? Uh, Rob Havenstein had a week to get healthy. Brian Allen had a week to get healthy. And all of a sudden, that offensive line that looked like absolute dog shit really only has one weak spot at left guard with Bobby Evans. I gotta imagine that McVeigh used the bye week to cook something up. I really have to. They're getting Van Jefferson back, so they're gonna be three deep at wide receiver again because even though Skarunik has played better, he's still not legit. <sighs> Realistically, the right play is probably just to bet on the fucking Rams. Yeah.
0: I mean, I think this is like identical to the Bucks right now. The right play is to bet on this super team that's just underperformed to this point.
1: And but it's getting a pretty with,
0: good number for their talent. But
1: the thing can with the you Bucks bet on them? The thing with the Bucs is that they have good talent everywhere, great talent at quarterback and wide receiver, but they have arguably the worst offensive lineman in the NFL at left guard. And they have arguably the worst head coach and one of the worst offensive coordinators. Whereas here, we've got a pretty good defensive coordinator and we've got a really good head coach and we've got a good quarterback who's well-rested and we've got a very limited but still adequate wide receiver group. Like they can't run anything deep, but they're good at everything else. God forbid they figure out a way to use Tutu Atwell and get him deep. They might be cooking with gas. So there's a lot more hope for the Rams. They they feel a lot closer to being a good team. Their offensive line is getting better, like we said.
0: I don't and know, the, man. Against the this 49ers team, I still don't think they match up unless they can get deep options. Because the 49ers kill you in the short game. That's what they want to play. They want to play that intermediate stuff because they have really good linebackers and a good D-line. It's true. And uh, a lot of their DBs are bigger dudes that well, like to what? bang and keep you in front.
1: You know what I would counter with? A few weeks ago, these two teams played and the Rams had entirely a backup offensive line and they were still in it to the very fucking end, despite Devo Samuel turning a bad throw on third down into a massive touchdown. Like basically they had two bullshit, extremely long touchdowns that should have been bad plays and they barely won. And Matt Stafford also threw a pick six. But the Rams
0: do that shit. Their offenses, their, their defense is not good. no. It isn't good. They can't get off the field. They have no pass rush. Their corners are incredibly overrated. I don't know. I I just I don't want to bet on the Rams until they show me something because they they just feel the same as the Bucks to me. Uh, the Bucks are more of like a, a coaching issue, whereas the Rams are more. A, talent deficit issue but all the same it it just seems like yes they're very good and they should be good but they don't have the pieces that used to make them incredible and they're just like they're scary because they're underperforming like when have the rams played up to the point that we think they should this year
1: well the answer is never but man all they gotta do is win and they're a better team i don't know it feels like i would be a pussy if i didn't bet on the rams this week you know
0: that's fair i mean we can totally bet on the rams i think the rams are a better team but uh, i i just don't think that they have it right now until they make some trades for guys yeah they're healthy but they still have like a dog shit left guard and the rest of the guys are solid like no one on their line is good it's four dudes that are solid and one horrible player. And that's, wow, they're all as healthy as they're going to get and they have no deep threat.
1: But you get short times weird. So here's the thing, is the Rams actually do have guys who can run deep? Like TuTu Atwell's really fast. Brandon Powell's really fast. They can run deep. They just don't use them that way. And I think that Sean McVay is going to either A start using them that way after the bye or B figure out a different way to attack deep and stretch the field. And I think we've seen that these 49ers are are very mortal on defense. Like a lot of their accolades were built off of beating up on the Broncos and Panthers' offenses.
0: And the Rams. (sighs) No. It, I don't know, I, I agree with you in theory, it's just that the Rams have not done anything that we expected them to do. Like, all the theories we had about the Rams have not come true to this point.
1: So what are we going to do? We're going to fucking maybe pile them like everything else? Because I'm telling you, we're probably not betting on Sunday Night Football. Or Monday Night. So what do you want?
0: I mean, I'm fine with betting on them. Like, you you know you're the one that runs the show. I'm along for the ride.
1: The smart player. I,
0: like, I might like Miami more than these other ones, but really uh... I don't. I don't love any of them.
1: I like Miami better. I like Miami better. Do we like Seattle better against Wink Martindale? Terrible matchup. Probably not. Do we like Minnesota better against Arizona with that terrible defense?
0: I kind of. Just not at that line. I would be cool doing Minnesota, but we got to get to a better number.
1: Okay, So right now it looks like it's either going to be L.A. money line or Minnesota minus three. Those are our contingencies, basically. Miami. Miami's already in. Okay. Okay. So it's it's a maybe pile at the top. How about that?
0: Yeah, that's okay with me. But uh, we still get a couple more games to talk about. I know we're not likely to bet on them, but we could at least.
1: No, yeah, that. let's hit them. Let's hit them.
0: All right. Let's move on before inevitably circling back. On. In the final game in the 4 o'clock hour, we have the Washington Commanders going to play the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts are minus three.
1: You just can't bet on this game. Not with yeah, someone not with Sam Ellinger and Taylor Heineke. We don't know what either of them, Well, we kind of know what Heineke is. We don't know what Ellinger is. The sharp I think
0: they're just going to run the ball 60 times between Ellinger and the running backs.
1: Yeah, and the, and the sharp thing to do would definitely be to bet on the Colts. Like they're the right side here, minus two and a half. But do you want it? Because I don't.
0: Absolutely not.
1: Sam uh, Ellinger was team. not good in college and his best hope is to be Dak. I don't really want to bet on Dak in his first start ever against a commander's team that is spunky with Taylor Heineke and feeling themselves because... Don't look now; they're they're in contention for a wild card spot, a team that we thought gave up on themselves already.
0: The NFL is terrible this year. That was bad. It's a bad product. We need to we need to eliminate a couple teams,
1: mm-hmm. and then redistribute their players.
0: Exactly. The NBA should also do that, though.
1: NBA needs to eliminate twelve teams. I'd say eight, but I think eight is probably right, but twelve would make it fun. <laughs> I would watch the would NBA if they eliminated twelve teams. The games would be
0: one hundred and forty point games.
1: I would watch the NBA if they eliminated twelve teams. All right. Um. Yeah, that's enough of this game. Like, you just can't bet it. You don't know what's going on. You can't bet it.
0: Yeah, I think mean, you, you move on. I mean, uh, like, if you had to, gun to your head, probably take the Colts, but just don't don't bet on this game.
1: Yeah, just don't. Um. Honestly, let's throw Sunday night football in there too. Don't bet on that game.
0: What, the Green Bay Packers against the Buffalo Bills? Bills are minus 11? Yeah, absolutely do not bet on that fucking game. (laughs)
1: Because even if you fucking, even if you try to turn the Bills into a leg, the Packers could remember who they are supposed to be. Aaron Rodgers could be good for one game. And all of a sudden your bet is blown to shit. So just don't bet that game.
0: Yeah, it's not worth it.
1: No, watch it. Watch the first half. If it's competitive, rejoice. Maybe live bet. But it probably won't be competitive, but you still don't want to lay 11 points ever. So don't bet that fucking game. Don't bet. Don't bet Washington. Don't bet Indianapolis. Don't bet Green Bay. Don't bet Buffalo. Move on to Monday night. Last game of the week.
0: Moving on to Monday night. We have the Cincinnati Bengals going to play the Cleveland Browns. The Browns are plus three and a half.
1: I have good news. This is live breaking news. Uh, 50-50 shot that this is the first game we watched together in like two years. That's a good point, yeah. I may or may not be in Chicago at this point, in which case we'll be watching at your place because my shit will be in a freighter.
0: (laughs) Uh, Can't wait to help unload
1: that. It's going to be great. Um, Every bit of logic in me wants to bet on the Browns, but you are the Browns whisperer, so you just tell me.
0: I I actually agree with you. I don't want to bet on the Browns though. I think it's probably a mistake to bet on the Browns at any point this season. However, Kevin Stefanski and the the Browns in the last few years have played the Cincinnati Bengals incredibly well. Yep, and they match up super well with the Bengals. Yep, because the Bengals are all wide receiver power. Right, like their their strength comes from Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd. And the Browns are four deep at corner that can play legitimate starting minutes for a football team. I mean, Denzel Ward has had a rough year so far, but, but he's has been an
1: elite corner for years.
0: And he's played against uh, he the two games he played against Jamar Chase last year, he did a really good job. The Browns have played the Bengals and Joe Burrow incredibly well. Who knows? Maybe that was the Baker effect. I think Baker Mayfield like never lost against the Bengals, or never was, lost against he, Joe
1: Burrow. He was very good against the Bengals.
0: He was. So, maybe, no Baker means that they don't have the advantage, but I still think they're set up well and that they can run with their wide receivers.
1: And they can get after that ass.
0: They can get after Joe Burrow with, I think, well, I think Clowney will play. He's always kind of hurt. He should play. But he should play. And then you have Miles Garrett, who is healthy and you know, maybe only thrice a game, but those three plays, he does make incredible impacts. And Joe Burrow doesn't like having a bunch of dudes in his face. He likes to just chuck the ball into the air whenever that happens. And the Browns actually have the corners that can run with his safety valves. So I think it's a good matchup. I think we're getting good value because the Browns are kind of fun to shit on right now, rightfully so. And the Bengals, have now won a couple games and people are going to go back to oh look at Joe Burrow so fucking cool
1: they already have look
0: at him throwing footballs fifty yards downfield into triple coverage but his wide receiver pulls it out because they're really good God he's so cool
1: God damn it Browns plus three and a half is the move it is because you're getting the you're getting the half you're on top of it. you're getting the fucking hook the big hook the scythe God damn it are we fucking betting the Browns on Monday Night Football?
0: I absolutely do not want to. But it's right. I think it might be the right play.
1: Here's the other thing Joe Burrow, the last two weeks, has been like. Creating shit out of nothing, right? And like breaking out of sacks and throwing the ball, and it's late in the play, and that's when Jamar Chase turns those ten yard passes into eighty yard passes, right? But do you know why he's been able to break out of shit? It's because it's a mush rush against a bad offensive line, so you get you're getting unexplosive defensive linemen are getting contested opportunities to tackle Joe Burrow. Miles Garrett for his warts when he beats an offensive lineman, he beats him like lightning. So he gets a clean shot at the quarterback, which is probably why he has one of the highest uh, pressure to sack conversion rates in the NFL consistently. It's rare that you see Miles Garrett win and not turn it into at least a quarterback knockdown. Like he gets to the actual quarterback when he wins. Jadevian Clowney doesn't win as cleanly, but he wins as consistently, if not more so. So Burrow's going to be under duress from both angles and Burrow turns pressures into sacks at a rate that nobody can mash. And then, yeah, the safeties in John Johnson and Grant Delbit they blow coverages like fucking crazy.
0: So that was the other thing I wanted to get into, is that they they are being forced into a slightly better defensive setup because Jacob Phillips tore his pec and is done for the year. He's been their green dot this season since uh, Anthony Walker went down, and he's been atrocious.
1: I mean, it was a mistake. He was
0: never yeah, he, he, he Yeah, he was not good on the field. He was not good as the, you know, calling the plays either. He's so this week, th- yeah, that's a whole other thing. This week, they're giving the green dot back to John Johnson, who. Did it last year None. for a lot of the year. He's not great at it either, but he's better. So that ideally should cut down on some of their coverage bus. And that means that uh, Deion Jones, who they got from the Falcons, will be playing.
1: I don't know that Deion Jones actually helps that much.
0: I think he's better than Jacob Phillips.
1: I don't think that's the, the thing is, I don't think he helps, but he certainly can't be worse. Um, yeah,
0: so because the worry with the Bengals and, is that Joe Burrow will hit open guys 40 yards downfield. And if the Browns want to bust six coverages across the game, they're probably going to give up four touchdowns on those busted coverages because the Bengals are good at taking advantage of that. And that's where I go, okay, this might be a three-score game because the Bengals could get three giant plays and then the Browns are trying to come back with Jacoby Brissett. That's my Doomer mindset.
1: So the way we lose this bet is busted coverages because the Browns bust coverages a lot and the Bengals take advantage of busted coverages a lot. That's how it happens.
0: Yes. We win the bet by the Browns are a good matchup talent wise with the offense mm -hmm, with the Bengals. They've had a lot of success against, you know, a very similar team, a very similar coaching. Like the Bengals and Browns have not changed a ton at ton in the last few years.
1: No, not at all, really. Except for Baker,
0: they're familiar with each other, and the Browns have done well against them every time. Man, Nick Chubb is having one of the best years. Granted, Wyatt Teller's
1: out. I don't think it matters at all. I honestly I don't, don't think, so think that, that anybody on the Browns offensive line is actually. Well, I'm not. I'm not going to say that I don't think they're good. I think that they are vastly, vastly, vastly overrated because of that offensive scheme and coaching. I think that the offensive line coach, Brian Callahan, is like 85% of their hype. I like Ethan Pochich. He's PFF's third graded center. I don't think that's right.
0: Yeah, that's a little ridiculous.
1: I like Joel Botonio I don't think he's the best guard in the NFL. I think he's in a position to succeed. Jack Conklin was a solid right tackle, never great, until he came to the Browns. And then he's been consistently elite. And Jedrick yeah, Willis kind of all the time anyway. Jedrick Willis kind of sucks. Yeah. Well, you know
0: that's because he just doesn't care.
1: You, you know what the thing about the right guard is? I like Wyatt Teller a lot. And I think that to the extent that anybody's, like, actually as good as his hype, I think he's probably the closest on that offensive line. I really like He's yeah, very. They, they like him, too. They use him all the time. He's very similar to Ethan Pochich in that he's a large, quick dude. And that's all you need in this scheme. Yeah, he's 6'5", and he's fleet of foot. Like, His game is being agile. He will work well. I I liked him a lot when the Patriots got him. I thought he was going to be a good player. I don't think he fits the Patriots blocking scheme because they used to run under Skarnakia a much more power-based blocking scheme. This is just getting out in space and screening dudes. I think he can do that. So Shunt will have a day. They will run all over the Browns, or I mean the Bengals. Same shit, very literally. (sighs) Man, I don't know. Do you think that the Browns bust coverages or do you think they cover three and a half? (sighs) I think they probably bust coverages, man. You think they go two and six? It feels
0: crazy, but also, like, they're not well coached.
1: No. Uh, fuck.
0: I don't know, because it, it feels right that they cover this spread they they have the matchups they have the history but they just scare me so much with how often they are in the wrong place the last like this entire season like they blow coverages every single game
1: I know man okay let's do wrap up and see where the Browns fall okay all right So for wrap up, we definitely have Jacksonville minus the two and a half versus Denver. We are definitely, definitely going to have Atlanta minus probably like three and a half against Carolina. Remember, we're waiting on that line. It doesn't matter if it goes up to five. If it does, fine, fuck it, eat it. But if it goes down to three, we win big. Asymmetric risk, wait, get the best of that line. So, Jacksonville minus two, Atlanta at whatever the best number is because we're waiting. Tennessee minus two because we are trusting in Vrabel and hating ourselves. Yes. That's three. At four, we have Miami minus three, Minnesota minus three. It depends. If either of those games gets down to minus three, we're taking them, right? Yes. So, that's probably our five. And then our maybes are LA money line, New England minus one. And Browns plus three and a half. It's tough.
0: Yeah. Um, I think you're right on if either of those other numbers get down to three, we take them between Minnie and Miami. But what if Minnesota stays at four? I'm I'm fine with taking Miami at three and a half. I am too. I don't love it, but I'm okay with it.
1: Same, I just don't think that Dan Campbell can handle Mike McDaniel's shit. Yep. Okay. Miami minus three and a half is now on the board, but remember to wait because you'll probably get three. And if it goes down to three, that's what I'm fucking grading it as. Um Minnesota minus three. If it hits, that's in. Well, if it hits minus three, not if the bet hits, that would be unfair. Otherwise, LA. Fuck it.
0: All right. I'm cool with that. Uh I think it's asking to be disappointed, but it's, it's the right bet. it's we're getting plus points for a better team at home.
1: Yeah, and, and it's LA money line. So that's probably what, one ten. Um 105, plus 105. Okay, yeah, take the plus 105. Moneyline, Rams. How about this? We'll take Minnesota minus three and a half or four or whatever the fuck it is as our bonus. But if it's minus three, it shifts to the big five and L.A. Moneyline shifts to the bonus. How about that?
0: I like that. I like that. That's easier than trying to say wait and wait.
1: Yeah. All right. OK, that'll do it for week eight. Next time I see you guys, I'll be seeing Alex in the flesh. Now we
0: how, we're going to have some logistics to figure out.
1: Oh, no, I got it all on lock.
0: Are we going to share a
1: microphone? Yeah, this this microphone has a two-way feature. It's good.
0: We're going to duet this shit, baby. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, week eight. Let's see if we can get back to uh, 500 on winning weeks. That seems to be where we're stuck. Till then, Asta.